Unmade's Compass Roadshow kicks off in Sydney next week before rolling into Melbourne and Brisbane the week after. Join our panel of players for reflections and projections on the year just gone and the one to come. Go to events.humanitics.com forward slash host forward slash unmade. Now, I know that's a bit of a mouthful, so you could just look at any recent post on Unmade to find the link through to Compass. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, Nine retains the overseas ashes. The media establishment demands new anti-platform laws. And consumers start cutting their streaming subs. It's Monday, November 6, 2023. I'm Abe Beauty, and good morning or good afternoon, good evening and good night from London, Tim Burrows. <laughs> hey, Abe. Yes, for me, it's November the 5th still, Sunday night. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the anniversary of the gunpowder plot to blow up the Houses of Parliament. So you might actually hear the odd firework in the background. There have been some going off as I record this on my Sunday evening. So, uh, you know, it might be poor audio discipline, but I guess it maybe just adds a little bit of uh, colour for, for, as, I, as I join you from, uh, from yet another different continent for, uh, for this week. But uh, how was your weekend? A good weekend. Uh, today, uh, I'm in northern Tasmania. It is recreation day, a public holiday. So uh, I'm recreating on the podcast this morning, but I was down in Hobart with uh, with family and niece's two, uh, second year birthday. So lots of fun, swimming, uh, birthday cake and all round good times. But it's good to be back this morning. But let's start um, getting into serious business with this morning's Australian Financial Review. The headline is, Media Chiefs Demand Urgent Curb of Big Tech. What's bothering them, Tim? Yeah, so this is a note um, which has been put forward by 10 of Australia's most powerful media executives and industry body chiefs, as the AFR um, puts it. Now, this has been led by, um, it, it, it looks to be Free TV, the TV lobby, lobbying group, but the pretty much all of the major media companies have got behind it. And in a nutshell, they're pushing for uh, tighter regulation and more powers for the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission to to to, to really address um, the power that Google and Meta have in the market, Meta being the owner of uh, Facebook and Instagram, amongst other things, of course. So they've written this two-page letter to Communications Minister Michelle Rowland and Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones, kind of making this call for for action and for action to happen now. Is it is it self-interested or do they have a point? Even the biggest local media companies are minnows compared to Google. This appeal to the government may be self-interested, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just an absolute fact that particularly Google, but also Facebook, just have huge power because the share of the market they have. Now, for Google, that's the search market, but it's also powering the programmatic advertising market as well. Um, for Facebook, it's just such an important place of advertising, particularly when it comes to kind of local advertising. So uh, there, there is 
an inequality um, which maybe wants to be addressed. And we are seeing evidence that it's beginning to be addressed in other parts of the world. So they have kind of got a point. And they've also got a point that um, it's been a year since proposals were made by the ACCC to do something about this. And not a great deal has actually happened in terms of action from the Albanese government. So are there any are there any precedents for this? And if so, what are they? Yeah, the one that I can think of is um, back, back when um, Labour in, were in power previously, it was that long ago, there was just this long delay where everybody agreed that media regulations, the ownership laws needed to be modernised, but no one could quite agree what they wanted. And then finally the logjam was broken when all of the kind of big media bosses all headed into Canberra and sat down together, were photographed together, and that was the key thing. It was a photo call, but it was to sort of send a signal to politicians of all parties that there was a consensus among the media owners about the change that needed to happen. And it was almost that message, hey, you know, we're all united on this. Are you sure you want to be on the other side uh, from us on this? Now, we're not quite there yet with um, uh, what they're campaigning on this time, but it does feel like this is this is the first shot across the bows, particularly for the communications minister, Michelle Rowland. And Rod Sims, the uh, previous chair of the ACCC, has weighed in today. Yeah, that's right. He's actually written a piece in the um, Australian Financial Review, which obviously timed around the fact that they've got the news story as well. And he's very much making the argument, you know, he's making the point that it was a year ago that the ACCC published their report and that recommended what he describes as regulatory codes of conduct to deal with competition issues for the most powerful platforms, along with extra protections for consumers. Because, you know, as you know, there are, there's a lot of, um, uh, scam ads and kind of fake reviews sit on these platforms that they don't seem to do very much with. So the fact that, uh, Rod Sims is the, the the person who was the architect of the news media bargaining code um, is kind of waving the uh, waving the flag on this one again. Um, kind of just adds to the pressure a little bit as well. Next, nine hunts down even more sports rights. Unmade. A big day on nine's calendar this week, Tim. Lots going on. Yes, lots going on. So Thursday is the AGM, which is that annual gathering of the the shareholders, their chance to uh, quiz the board. And of course, generally, it's also a bit of an update on how the business is traveling, which given uh, the tough time that the television market's been having recently and the the wider advertising market as well i'm sure there'll be some sort of update on uh, how the rest of this year is looking in that run up to christmas so it's a real chance to take the temperature of the advertising market um so i think that's the thing i'll be most looking out for from the agm and at the agm that they'll have uh, even more sport to talk to the shareholders about that's right they certainly will so 
the 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 interesting thing today and this this also comes from the financial review actually is that nine have retained the rights to the ashes overseas so seven's got the rights in australia as part of their cricket deal but the overseas ashes which i think most people certainly me had been expecting seven to to pick up just so that they could have all of them um in fact has gone to nine and it's it's looking like quite an expensive deal. So the AFR are reporting that for the two series, so that's the series in 2027 and the series in 2031 um, in England, um, nine will pay 40 million for the rights. So that's, that's a, that's a, a fair old chunk more than last time round when, because that's obviously, you know, 20 million a series. Whereas, Last time round, according to the AFR, it was about thirteen million. So these sports rights are becoming quite expensive. Yeah, sports really is the tentpole programming, isn't it? I mean, sports and news as ratings decline for the the networks, they're really hanging their hat on these big events, aren't they? Yeah, I think the thing about television is e- even as audiences fall away for most scheduled programming in in favour of sort of streaming at a preferred time, what what seems to hold good is to a certain extent news but live sport that's the key component so that arguably makes sporting rights ever more valuable for the broadcasters any other sports in play yeah looking uh again in the same uh piece in the afr clearly very well sourced um uh, within nine given that the AFR is also owned by Nine. That's understandable. So um, uh, Nine apparently being in exclusive talks with Rugby Australia about a new broadcast deal to take over once the existing agreement expires. Now, of course, you know Rugby Australia is not exactly on a high point at the moment after the recent disaster of the World Cup. And this is also an interesting one. Also hoping to sign an agreement with Tabcorp to sublicense the Melbourne Cup Carnival, which previously has been held by 10. Speaking of racing, I, I didn't read about you in the birdcage with the other celebs. What happened there, Tim? You missed the invite? You missed the memo? <laughs> Oh, hey! Look, I can't, I can't think of anything worse than being amongst those influencers. Can you, uh, can 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 you imagine? But yeah, there's a there's a there's a piece of reporting in uh, the Australian today, um, which is th- th- this is just such a embarrassing blunder on the part of um, Southern Cross Osterio, which has the regional affiliation deal in many markets with Network 10. Something went wrong with the kind of pre-programmed feed. So for viewers in most of the regions who are watching Channel 10, um, that includes in Southern New South Wales, regional Victoria, regional Queensland, the NT, South Australia, and I'm afraid to say a Tasmania, um, they've missed the final moments of the derby. Um, they, it, it cut automatically to an ad break. So um, the, 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 the viewers missed the actual photo finish, which is about as big a blunder as I think you could make unless you did it with the Melbourne Cup itself. I can imagine some heads in their master control room will be rolling this morning, but uh, probably easy to make these types of errors. So many... So many wheels turning, but it is a fairly it is a fairly substantial one, you would think. So, yes, I'm glad I'm not working for uh, Southern Cross Control this morning. But next, 
what we're about to learn from News Corp. Unmade. Speaking of the calendar, there's a date in the diary for News Corp this week too, Tim. Yes, there is, Abe. It's one of those timings that makes me a little bit nervous because I would like to write Saturday's best of the week, uh, at least in part, about the latest set of News Corp results because I think we're going to get some important clues on how the news business is travelling, um, along with some updates on how the Foxtel part of the business is travelling. Um, the problem for me is it, it, it drops around sort of breakfast time on Friday morning, which happens to be about the time I'm boarding a a, a plane from London to Japan. So um, my, my my plan is to to download it and write all about it on the plane. But um, but if it doesn't come in before we take off, then um, then goodness knows what I'll do. But um, but yeah, the um, the 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 results from News Corp come in once a quarter, so we're at that time of year. And we also um, picked up just a, a, another interesting little nugget, which I somebody had mentioned to me that it was available, but the Financial Review had beaten me to it. The annual filings to ASIC from both News Corp Australia and Foxtel uh, popped up in the last few days. Now, one of the things which leaps out is how much FOS. Foxtel's content costs have gone up. So they actually rose by $114 million between the 2022 financial year and the 2023 financial year. So up from uh, $1.39 billion to $1.5 billion, which is a, a big jump given that revenue had seemed to be pretty flat up till then. Um, and the worst of the costs for um, Foxtel, the new costs, this is the new AFL deal, the new cricket deal, which were more for Foxtel, they land in the next financial year. So just another little interesting little thing about what a tough business television is becoming. Speaking of tough, next, have we hit peak streaming? Unmade. And finally, a story in today's Australian that suggests customers are cutting their streaming budgets. Yeah, that's right, Abe. So this is this is in the um, the Australians' uh, media section. Now they've got an, their hands on earlier an annual report that Deloitte, the consultancy, does each year, the Media and Entertainment Consumer Insights Report. Um, so that 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 talks to a panel of two thousand consumers to get a bit of a snapshot on how they're thinking about what they pay to be entertained by and how much they're willing to pay. And for me, the most notable statistic is that on average, they were spending $62 a year, and that's now gone down to $57 a year. Now, that's obviously despite there being more streaming services than ever, and that perhaps hints at, um, uh, you know, I, I... in part cost of living i think but also maybe just we hit that point where when you have so many services you can no longer think to yourself well i'm going to have everything and that's the point at which it becomes a slightly more rational choice so yeah that 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 number did sort of pass the smell test for me really i know personally we've culled our streaming subs we had i think three or four happening and have really kind of pulled them back just to tighten things up as as things get tighter but noted apple increased 
Their subscription price last week, a simple email saying, we're increasing our subscription, thanks very much. So interesting that spend has gone down, but some of these subscriptions uh, costs have gone up. So that might even talk to even more of a decline in terms of the amount of subs being cut. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and that's not the only one. Funnily enough, um, people who subscribe to the the premium um, tier of YouTube actually had a big uh, rise alerted to them last week as well. So it's that it's that time of year. Um, but yeah, we, we're definitely seeing um, even the big players. You know, they they always have to report growth to their shareholders, and when other levers aren't working, then the the last lever to be pulled is, of course, putting the prices up, which is, I, I think, what happened to Apple because, you know, they, they updated the market in the last few days. And of course, their hardware, their, their devices, the laptops, et cetera, was pretty stagnant. So the way they keep growing is by putting the prices up. Just before we go, another question without notice. Is 2,000 enough of a sample size? You mentioned Deloitte sampled 2,000 people. Is that enough in a market of however many million? Hey, look, I, I, I suppose when we think something like Oztam, off the top of my head, I think that's that's about 12,000 across Australia. And that's obviously a, a, a far deeper and daily survey. I the, the sort of rule of thumb I always had as a journalist when I write about these things is if you're going to take a survey seriously, it needs to be a sample of more than 1,000. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not uncomfortable with 2,000. Well, we'll wrap it up there. That is it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And Unmade, we're back tomorrow with Choose Data, in which, in a timely enough intervention, Sedja will be looking at the costs being faced by all of the TV companies when it comes to sports rights. And don't forget, if you'd like to go to Unmade's, one of Unmade's Compass events, we have uh, the Roadshow in Sydney kicking off next week before Melbourne and Brisbane, discussing reflections and projections on the year just gone and the one to come. Go to events.humanitics.com slash host slash Unmade for more. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.